0: Feed me more, feed me
1: more, feed me more. Hello and welcome to the first episode of the Footy Feast podcast. For those of you that are hungry for more footy content, I am Craig and I will be doing this show with Peter. Say hi Peter. How you going and Rick, who is away today working, allegedly, or he's too busy to join us. So we are going solo without him. Um, I'll just say a little bit about myself. Um, I'm a Collingwood supporter. For those that hate Collingwood, don't care. I'm quite happy in my own skin in that regard. Um, Adelaide Oval member, so I go every week to watch the Crows or port. Um, I'll sit in the grandstand if it's raining. Um, a bit of a local league support as well. I go out and watch Norwood and I have watched the 3 p grand finals, so life's been pretty good in that regard. And then I'm a commissioner of the Keeper Bradley Cup, which is currently in its third year. Uh,
0: that's just a little bit about me to start.
1: Uh, Peter,
0: tell us about yourself. Hey, guys. Uh, I'm a Crows fan. Um, Favourite player of all time for the Crows, Andy McLeod. Um, I'm also allowed Oval of membership. I go to the footy every week with Craig. Um, we go got all the Port and Crows games. Um, just can't get enough. Uh, I also love uh, fantasy footy. Uh, one of the teams in Craig's Keeper League, the Bra- uh, Keeper Bradley Cup. Uh, my team name last year was Go Rasmataz but it's uh been changed to the Cleveland Steamers this year. Why? Wow. Uh, because I got the wooden spoon last year, that was my punishment. I'm not going to explain what a Cleveland Steamer is on the podcast. Um, you can google that if you. Yeah, it. There's, there is a YouTube video which explains it and uh, is very, uh, it's quite visual and informative for those wanting to Google that. we currently sitting third in our Keeper League at the moment. Yeah, I won the Keeper League in my
1: first year, so I was pretty happy about that. It was a COVID-affected year and then in the second year I lost the grand final by a couple of points to James, who I'm not overly happy about because he's reminded me about that all year. He does. And uh, this year I am hanging around the bottom of the table, but I've decided to go for a bit of a rebuild just to mix things up for myself. So the league is pretty even at the moment, a few upsets here and there, but we have one team down the bottom and it's just a
0: stinker. So yeah, z- 0-11 for that fella. So. And I don't
1: think he's going to win <laughs> a game either. Yeah, it's so been pretty grim for him. Yeah, we might have to work on some concessions, but we'll talk about that in a later podcast if that's what it comes to.
0: We're in our, like Craig said, we're in our third season at the moment, uh, so we started during COVID, which threw a few spanner in the works, but um, we got got over those humps. We started with eight teams, um, we did an expansion this year, we now have 10 teams.
1: It went pretty well, I reckon. It did go pretty well. We might talk about that in a later podcast, how we did our expansion, because for those of you that want to expand your league and are trying to figure out how, ours is relatively successful, both the teams are
0: sitting mid-table-ish, so... And they're both pretty, pretty competitive teams. They're not, they're not horrible teams. They're, yeah, one, one's doing, one's doing better than the other, but they're, they're both quite well.
1: Well, we just thought we needed a bit more, a uh, bit more chat, bit more banter in the league. Mix it up a little bit more. A few bodies in the room makes it more fun, especially when you all get together and have a few beers. Um, the way we set out our league, we have our preseason draft. Yeah. Usually, uh, somewhere in the middle of the trial games. Um, and then we have no waiver wire pickups, so there's no picking up players and then we rock a mid-season draft. Um, so for those of you that, uh, don't do that format, if you have a team full of injuries, you're going to get on the trade. Um, if you want to fill out your team, some teams had no reserves at, towards the mid-season buy. Um, and then as the year goes on, we've got our finals format, uh, which is a uh, top five and then, we finish up about round 20. And then we have a silly a silly Sunday somewhere in there. So that was pretty wild last year. We went down to Wingett Sports Bar. and Which is closed now. It is closed. We will find, find a new venue this year. We will find a new venue. Uh, we had a lot of CCs. And it was a pretty big day. But um, it's one of the things that keeps the league together and keeps everyone
0: involved. We have added a fair. Fair bit of um, content to our keeper league this year. We added uh, spoils in this year. So, spoils are worth two points, which has definitely made some more um, key defenders more important for your team. Um, it's definitely boosted um, quite a number of players, actually, um, putting them up towards the averaging around 100 now. So, that makes a big difference. We also uh, added a rookie player this year. Talk about that, Craig. Yeah, so the rookie list we
1: thought about bringing in this year. Um, So it's in its first year. Everyone at the end of the draft got to pick one player. The criteria was you can't have played 10 games of AFL football already. So everyone's chucked the player on your rookie list. You can't use that player at all as an emergency or anything. It just sits there in your team. And then uh, come the end of the year, if they've played uh, 20 games, they can graduate onto your list. Um, And if they haven't played 20 games, um, they can go back into the draft pool. And if they've played less than 10, you can keep them on your rookie list again or draft someone new. Um, I know that I picked up Eli Smith from Brisbane. He still hasn't played a game all year, so I'll be shipping him off as soon and getting a new rookie next year myself.
0: Yeah, I picked up Taylor from the Crows, and he hasn't played a game either. So I'll definitely be shipping him off and get a new rookie next year.
1: Um, yeah, so we're enjoying that aspect. Just trying to add a few things <laughs> to our league to make it a bit more exciting
0: and a bit more busy all year round. We also added... Um... The we don't play buy rounds in our league, so this year we added the All Stars Week, uh, All Stars Rounds, which is um, for the three buy rounds. So we got uh, at our preseason draft, we put all the team name uh, coaches in a hat, and we pulled out five five names for each team, and five lots of coaches battle each other with their um, best twenty two, basically.
1: Yeah, so you pick your best 22, your coaches get together the week before each round. We play best of three series, sort of a state of origin or an all-star game, whatever you want to call it. And you pick your best 18 and you get scores yourself and you figure out who's the winner. Best of three series. So ours is actually 1-1 at the moment coming into this weekend. So um, there's a lot on the line, some bragging rights, and it's a bit of fun in the mid-season to make it interesting for yourselves.
0: We also do... um... Power rankings each week. Uh, Craig does the power rankings for the league. Um, one of the other coaches did some editorial pieces at the start on uh, on each team and a write up. Uh, one of the other coaches did a, uh, a betting odds at the start of the season, which hopefully will be updated soon with the uh, with the buy rounds at the moment. Um, and then myself this year started a uh, spot of the week, basically spots of the week. So uh, hall of shame, just pick three three players or that are. Uh, i currently on someone's list who did terrible and just write a little piece about him. Yeah. You have
1: Sam Draper or James Warple. You are in there a lot. Yeah. Uh, not good to have in your list. I reckon that about sums up sums up our league at the moment. Yeah. We'll keep you posted about how it's going throughout the year, but um yeah, looking forward to these buy rounds being over and getting back into it.
0: Yeah, like Craig said, we'll do some future segments on um, how the expansion went, and we'll talk about that later on in probably a few weeks' time or something. So Yeah listening for that um, we'll move on to the next segment all right our next topic is fantasy rebuild we're looking at uh, players who we can target for 2023 if you're in a rebuild stage uh, we were speaking to a few mates and talking about fantasy the big topic that generally keeps to uh, keeps being raised is uh, who we can target uh, for 2023 and beyond uh, for those in a rebuild stage so we're going to talk about some players each week to keep an eye on for those who are looking to rebuild and get some um, players early before they cost too much. Jake Marano, uh, he's the coach of Turinical uh, in our league. He's currently sitting second on the ladder and has the youngest list um, in the league. So he's he sent us three players this week to watch out for, uh, for the rebuild in 2023. Um, we're going to talk about them now. You hit it off with us, Greg. All
1: right. Uh, the first one he sent us is Jack Graham, 24 years old. Centre-forward status. If you ask me, I would not touch him with a 10-foot pole. And I say that because I had Jack Graham, then I delisted Jack Graham, then someone else picked up Jack Graham, and I traded for him back. It took me about two more weeks to realise that I did not want Jack Graham on my team. He is a cancer, but Jake sees something in him and he reckons for a second or third rounder you should go out and get him for 2023. He's averaging scores in the 90s and 100s. He gets eight or nine tackles a game. He's guaranteed to get you 100. First one from the coach of Tyrannical for you to watch out for. All right, Peter, who's next on his list?
0: Uh, He's giving us next is Charlie Spargo. So Charlie Spargo from Melbourne, 22 years old, um, currently got Ford status. Uh, He's averaging about 60. Um his last five game average is just under sixty, so he's um he's ticking along there. But I don't know about uh any other keeper leagues out there, but he is on our waiver wire at the moment. So he's not being held by anyone. might say a little bit, who knows? But might be a good pick up. Jake Valley's in around a fourth rounder. If anyone's um, holding him at the moment, you should better get a fourth rounder for him. Uh, his scores aren't amazing, but um Jake's mail is he's gonna pick up at the end of the season, especially with Ford status. Uh, alright his, his ceiling is he's got ninety seven this year. He got ninety seven this year in in round five, and he's he's coming off seventy five last week, so his ceiling's up there at hundred at seventy percent game time. That I mean, his scores are too low for me. He needs to get around the mid
1: seventies to be a to be a player you can keep going. So he needs to have a real pick up at the end of the year.
0: Yeah, he's only he's only got over he's only got over seventy three times this year. So I mean, he's not someone that um is going to come into your team and be able to come straight on. So
1: but if you need depth, yeah,
0: it looks need, like he's one. If you need depth, he looks all right.
1: All right, finally, he's given us Jacob Hopper. Now, those of you probably haven't seen Jacob Hopper for at least six or seven weeks, he injured his knee. He's on track for a return in about two weeks' time, so now's the time to pick him up. Uh, He scored 90s in the last couple of years, so that's what he's been averaging. He's got a big ceiling, but he's coming back into a midfield now where Tanner Bruin and Tom Green suddenly important cogs in there. You got Canelio, you got Kelly. Um but he is a, a proven player and a proven point scorer. And if you can get him for a late first or early second rounder, Jake says that's value. He could become an important cog, especially if Taranto gets traded in the years to come. Um one to build your team around in the middle.
0: Alright, up next we're gonna talk about Jason Orn Francis. Uh, massive in the headlines this week. Um, kicking up a storm that he may not want to be at North Melbourne. Um, so we're going to talk about bringing him back to Adelaide. Which team do we think is going to come to? How's it get done and who needs him more? Um, we know that uh, there was an original trade offer um, by the Crows which included three first rounders. Is he going to be worth that now? What do you think, Craig?
1: I don't <laughs> think three first rounders is really indicative of his value anymore. I saw him play in the finals last year. That's semi final. A South. He was amazing. He almost brought them back into it single-handedly. I thought this kid could be anything. He's got swagger. He's got style. He's got the skills to put it all together, but his attitude stinks at the moment. I would bring him back to Adelaide, but I would not be offering him $800,000 a year. I'd be offering him $500,000 a year, and I would be saying, you're the one that wants to come back here. So you come here for the money we offer you. And we'll work out a bigger contract down the line if you turn into a star. But at the moment, no way.
0: Who, who needs him more, Porter pros.
1: Uh I reckon Port need him more. Uh, Porter in the zone now. And I think he's ready to go now. Why, why have him sitting there in the wings with Adelaide? Port, he slots in that midfield next to Boke, next to Butters, next to Wines and Rosie. If Porter having a crack in the next 12 to 24 months, he fits in there. And even in the future, he slots in next to Butters and Wines for the next five years. So I think he brings something to Port that they don't really have at the moment. Um, What I would do to get him there? Well, a first round pick this year, maybe even a first round next year, and maybe even a Dersmer in there to get it done. But no more than two first rounders. He's not
0: worth three anymore. When he comes back, is he going to be better played as a Porter a mid?
1: I think Paul he's got to throw him in the mid. He's shown that he can play mid early. Um, he's gone forward now, but he's most damaging
0: in the mid. His he game did, on the he, weekend was horrible. He definitely looks most damaging in the mid. Yeah, he Up does. Forward, he, he doesn't look as dangerous.
1: He's a Dustin Martin type. He's not Dustin Martin. He's a Dustin Martin type. Let me reiterate. Christian Petrarca type. He kicks goals. He can get touches. He gets the contested ball. Um, he's beautiful by foot, but he got a bit of work to do on his attitude and being a team player. But if he came back to Adelaide, Peter, what gets
0: that done? I don't know where he slots in. I mean, he, he could slot in. I mean, I'm not a big fan of Matt Crouch. So I, I think he could slot in and take Matt Crouch's spot, the mid- uh, Matt Crouch's spot in the midfield. I, I think that would be right. But Would yeah, you shoot no.
1: Matt Crouch back off to North Melbourne and return?
0: Personally, I would. I, I think Crows are at that point where we're rebuilding now anyway. So uh, why not get um, JHF back to Adelaide? I mean, he's come, he wants to come back to Adelaide anyway. He's an Adelaide boy. So get him to, get him to the Crows.
1: That's fair. Matt Crouch doesn't really have any value to the Crows anymore. He chips the ball higher. The Seagulls will be happier in Adelaide that are not dodging his balls. North Melbourne get a player in the midfield who gets 30 touches. It'll help their engine room.
0: Yeah, he can go back to he can go back to Melbourne as brother.
1: Well, yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> okay, there are four teams at the moment which didn't finish in the top eight last year that have the potential to finish in the top eight. And I want to talk about which teams would be the biggest story. So we have Carlton, Fremantle... Gold Coast and Collingwood. Three of them are sitting inside the eight. Gold Coast have a good run home. Now, of these four teams, I think that Collingwood is on a good run at the moment. Now, they were a shambles midway through last year. The year before, they lost their coach. They were involved in some of the worst trades in history. Everyone thought they would be finishing down in the bottom four of the ladder, myself as a Collingwood fan included. Now, they've knocked off four in a row including the reigning premiers, um, which is as big a shock as any, and they're sitting comfortably inside the 8, 8, and 5. Collingwood turning it around really quickly is a big story. What do you reckon,
0: Peter? Uh, for me, I think, I think if Gold Coast make the 8 this year, it's going to be the biggest story for me. I mean, coming off, they've joined, they joined what they felt in 2011. Um, they haven't made the top 8 yet since, since joining the league. Um, they're also coming off 4 out of 5 wins in their last the last 5 games. Um, so they're also up there with Collingwood. I mean, they're sitting eleventh at the moment. They're a couple of games out, but I mean, they've 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 won six of five, of them, four of them in the last five weeks. Uh, so that had, had a pretty crappy start, but they've they've turned it around. I think it's just going to be good. It'd be a huge boost for the club, the players, um, especially the young ones coming through with Gold Coast. If if they can get into the eight, get some final experience, I think it's just going to be really good for them.
1: Well, I think after the first six weeks, they had Clarko in the head job next year already. So, I mean, finishing in the top eight would be big. Um, What we haven't talked about is Fremantle. Now, they are sitting very comfortably equal top at the moment. They've knocked off everyone around them, Brisbane, Geelong, Melbourne. They made the grand final in 2013. Uh, They were a a couple of kicks straight away from pretty much winning that grand final. Um, but they haven't been near it since. They came down the bottom. They haven't been in the finals for five years. And everyone had them near around the eight. But right now, they are sitting as a genuine top four threat and even a premiership threat. And they just got their big best player back. So, Fremantle inside the top eight could be the biggest story come the end of the year.
0: Yeah, definitely. Especially with especially with Fife uh, being out. He's only come back last week. And Freo have been trotting along all year without him. No, they're a of, get a lot, better. Exactly, a lot of people said no, no five, no forever, but it's clearly, clearly proven them wrong. They just look like they're walking out in the park when they actually, when they're on, it looks like a training drill, and they're just going at eighty percent. They just look, they look good.
1: Yeah, I mean they were close against Hawthorne <laughs> on the weekend, but I don't think that was really indicative. They were just playing in third gear. Yeah.
0: They got the job done.
1: Um, is there anyone <laughs> else you reckon that is a big story?
0: I uh, Cal- I mean, Carlton's Carlton's done well. They've also won four of the last five games. Um, they're one game behind equaling uh, top as well with, with Melbourne, Brisbane and Frio. So they got Richmond this week. If they beat beaten them they equal top. Being the top four, top four contenders, um, I think that's going to be pretty big for them.
1: Now, well, I'm not a real big Carlton fan, but I'll tell you what, nine years ago, I was in the crowd when Carlton and Richmond played at the MCG. Now, that was their first finals in a long time. They kicked six goals in the last quarter and came back from about 40 points down to win. Big Chris Judd, big Nick Diagon, old Norwood boy. <laughs> Real big finish. They went on to lose the next week. Since that time, nine years ago, Richmond have won three premierships. Carlton have not made the finals since. There's a big army behind Carlton. They're making the finals could be a bigger story than Gold Coast or Fremantle or, or Collingwood
0: even making it in. So you
1: take a pick, I guess, from there.
0: Off the top of your head, when uh, when's Carlton last one flow?
1: Well, I reckon in 1995, they last won one and they were last in the grand final in 2000 versus Essendon,
0: which they were lucky to get in. Well, they're up there with the most uh, AFL, VFL premierships. Yeah. It's just been been a very long time since since they've got a flag. Yeah, when they
1: had that cheating scandal, that just robbed them of all their draft picks and all their money and it's been a rough slog since. So it would be a big story for them to make it back. Okay, for those of you who may have heard the news, Max Gorn is now out. For three to four weeks, maybe even longer with a syndesmosis injury. Uh, this spells a bit of trouble for Melbourne in real life and for your fantasy forty team, so we'll talk about it on both fronts. Uh, in real life,
0: Peter, how do you think Melbourne would go without Max Gorn? Well, coming off uh, three straight losses, they got Brisbane next, so massive game for them. Big O, uh, yeah. Luke Jackson's got to really step up for him. I think um, he can hold the right job. Yeah, I think he can. I mean... I don't, we'll see how he goes, but um, he's definitely got the potential there. They just not gonna have to play without the uh, the the rock duo. That's all. Ben Brown could ruck in the forward line. He's tall enough. Yeah, he can he can rock in the forward line. That'll work, I think. Um, it, it it's gonna be it needs to be a big turnaround for Melbourne. Coming three losses off the trot. Brisbane up next. Max going out. You had the May drama during the week. Club's in a bit of a in a spot at the moment. So um, we'll have to see if they can get out of that rut.
1: It is up against them at the moment. Um, they are a good team, though. There is a chance to turn it around, and maybe this is what Luke Jackson needs to make sure that he can uh, flourish and hold that number one ruck spot. Um, so from a team standpoint, I mean, they lose a lot, but I think this is Luke Jackson's moment to shine. Uh, we saw it in the grand final. He could possibly do it again, and probably do it again. Yes,
0: yeah, definitely make a break him at the moment, I think. Fantasy-wise, if you're a Luke Jackson, uh, if you're holding Luke Jackson... He could be in big here. Um, he's got big, big shoes to fill with uh, point getting wise for fantasy. Gorn coming off, um, he's averaging about 100, 106 this year, but he's had some big numbers. He's had about two 150s, a couple over 130, 120s. His bottoms, um, he's had a, he got a couple of 67s, but the rest of that hasn't got below 80. So, um, And Jackson, Jackson's averaging at about 65, so... Um, big shoes to fill.
1: What can we expect from Luke Jackson? What kind of score are we expecting? Can he get to a 100 average, or is he going to sit
0: in the 85 to 90s? I well, think- I mean, with Gorn out, I reckon he can He can, He can. can hit a 100. He's hit. He's only hit 100 once this year, but he's got a couple of high 90s. He's got yeah, 82 last week. That's with Gorn in as well. Um, but other than that, he's, he's sitting around the mid-60s. I think uh, with
1: an increased role, he could get around the 90s. I think that's probably a safe bet, Luke Jackson in
0: the 90s. I reckon. He'll, he'll average low, low to mid-90s, I think, with the Gorn out. Yeah,
1: and if you're in a keeper league and Gorn is your number one ruck and you're struggling for a backup ruck, I know we don't play the waiver wire, but for those of you that do, there's a poor Adelaide Ruckman debuting this week. Brian Tickle, um, the old Teaks, apparently had a good game last week in the SANFL, and they've brought him straight in. Um, Porter playing Sydney this week. At, at home, though, so there's a chance he could come in and he could get you an 80 straight off the bat, so... If you're a waiver wire league, look at him. Um, Some trade options,
0: Peter. I mean, Darcy Cameron's got ruck status now.
1: Yeah, he's probably sitting on someone's forward line even. If you can jag him as your number one ruck, that's a good start. Um, Maybe even a Lloyd Meek from Fremantle if he comes in this week. Um, I know Darcy's in and out, but there's a few players you can target around the league. Now, for those who don't know, myself and Peter are, are Adelaide Oval members. And we go to the Port and Crows games every week. So what we want to talk about now is the Port and Crows experience on game day. Who does it better? Who do you reckon, Peter?
0: Oh, as, a, as a Crows fan, um, it hurts me to say that Port definitely do the pregame and the whole game is so much better. I agree. Uh, I mean, Jared Walsh hosting it is a great fit. Um Crow's tried to use the big sauce. I love the big sauce. However, he is just not uplifting at all. To me, he's a bit of a spot host.
1: No, he doesn't really feel like he's got much personality.
0: No. He's trying way too hard. And you can see he's, he's like very awkward. Yeah. On the camera. He, he's, tr- he's trying very hard and it's, it's coming off. It's, I don't even know how to explain it. He's just coming off
1: terrible. Well, we've been to the soccer. We've been to the basketball. We've seen Jared Walsh and he just gets the fans <laughs> going every time. He just has that vibe about him that just gets people on board. Um, what I like about the port experience in particular, the never tear us apart, everyone knows that. Crows have tried to emulate it with their 60-second countdown, but it doesn't have the same vibe at all. Um, our favourite segment of the week, Perfect Pair.
0: Perfect Pair is is brilliant. That was oh, a great touch by Port I'd like putting
1: that in there. This is what I rock up for every week, <laughs> Perfect Pair. Like Even <laughs> if Port are getting flogged or someone's getting flogged, I need to see what happens at
0: three-quarter time. I cannot leave before that. The, this The general atmosphere before the game at a port a port home game, is is just better. The the whole build-up. They've got so much more pre-game entertainment than the Crows. And not only more entertainment, better entertainment.
1: They do. I'll tell you what I don't like. The KFC bucket drama.
0: That is the one thing. I mean, that Hamish Hartlett, Pedo Green was, was terrible. Yeah. And now they've got what Aaliyah is doing it now. So
1: That's correct. Yeah, I don't yeah. know if I think anyone wants to be associated with that.
0: I think it was good at the start, but it's getting a bit old now. I think they need to have something new.
1: They need a new gimmick.
0: Yeah. Um, the Crows are trying to do the fireworks. I mean, I don't mind the fireworks, but it's...
1: They're good know. for little kids. Yeah. They're not really a, an exciting experience.
0: What can the Crows do? I I don't think there's no point of trying to do anything now. It, it's just going to be seen as copying Port Adelaide, and it, it's just going to come off
1: pathetic. Well, they need something fresh, because sitting there an hour and a half before the game, nothing exciting happens. The 19th man flag is just that. That's the dumbest thing I've ever seen <laughs> in my life. That inspires no one. Scrap it, start again
0: from the scratch. Okay, that's the end of episode one. Um, we're going to aim for hopefully 40-minute 40, 40 episodes um, each week, uh, week in and week out. Uh, first one, just a bit of a teaser. Uh, if you can follow us on our Facebook page, the Footy Feast podcast, give us a like, that'd be great. We've also got um, TikTok, uh, which Rick will be looking after, footy, the, the Footy Feast. Uh, if you want any content, send us a message. Um, make sure you give us a like and a share.
1: Yeah, we'll see how we go from there, and we'll see if we can get you the news and info that you want to know. Feed me more. Feed me